Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. The French Dispatch, new movie out right now on HBO Max and uh, probably other places. It's out on video on demand, a movie that came out earlier in the year, maybe last year. I don't know, but it's a new Wes Anderson film. I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson. He is an artist who truly understands his voice when it comes to making films. He has one of the most unique voices in film today, in my opinion. And this movie, stated before going into it, I didn't know anything going into this movie, as I prefer to do going into movies, to be ignorant and blind and fresh and a virgin uh, when it comes to knowing anything about what's going on in the story. Uh, and uh, But one thing I knew, that this movie was going to be the most Wes Anderson of Wes Anderson films, and I am here to tell you that I 100% agree with that uh, statement, with that description, that this is by far the best expression in a lot of ways of Wes Anderson's voice, of Wes Anderson's style. Uh, which obviously, if you know Wes Anderson, he has works with similar color palettes. He has a very unique perspective when framing all of his shots. All the compositions are beautiful. Everything is like almost set up like a play. It's actually almost set up like if you were to blend the technology of a viewfinder. For those that are as old as I am, that know what a viewfinder is, it was this little plastic thing that you look through, and you'd put this little cassette of pictures in the top, this little disc of pictures, and you look through it, and it turned the pictures into like 3D. It's really cool. This is a very similar style, I would say. Like, I would love to see this movie, along with a lot of Wes Anderson films, 3D-ified. Because the way he uses depth within the frame of a 2D, of a 2D movie... Uh, I think would translate great to 3D. Uh, not that I'm a big fan of 3D, not that I have any way of watching a 3D movie, but while watching this, I kept thinking like, wow, that would be really cool to see this in like a 3D, because it almost looks 3D in, in aspects, whereas he's using depth really well. He knows how to compose a shot really well. Uh, I really understand. I really understand. I really enjoyed uh, the look and feel of this. Uh, the movie itself, I don't know if it would be my favorite at the end of the week. I'm going to be doing my favorite Wes Anderson films. I rewatched all of his films uh, recently, so I'm going to be ranking them. And spoilers, this isn't going to be number one, but it is one of his best. I think this is probably the most artistic film that he's ever done. I think it. I think it. it he uses his. He shows. All of the things that he's learned, doing his films, uh, live action films, doing with his style. Also, aspects of his stop motion are, are evident in this film as well, where it almost feels like a live action version of a stop motion like set piece, some of these things. Um, so I enjoyed it. It's, it's also a movie that splits th basically three stories into one. Right, it's like an anthology, uh, three stories. Obviously, it's framed in a very beautiful way. 
the way everything is is woven together these stories into this piece where it's it's this small magazine in France that's that's covering these stories that's like these these crazy stories and each of these stories could easily have been just epic short films that Wes Anderson made like each one of these stories could easily have been plucked out and then turned into just a beautiful short film or a full length film because they are there is some some dense density to these like short stories that are within this film which is only I think it's less than two hours the runtime of this an hour and 47 minutes so a movie that comes out in a time where so many films are have a runtime of over two hours which I don't mind as long as the story you know is as long as it makes sense to tell a story in a long period of time but there's just it seems like there's a lot of directors or maybe just studios that are allowing things to be overinflated for whatever reason i don't know what it is it's like a weird trend in films uh so it's nice that this one is an hour less than two hours but easily could have been over two hours long because some of the, the all of these stories there's so many things that are going on it, it like it definitely i wouldn't say it feels rushed but like if you blink you might miss something especially in the second story uh, which I did enjoy. Obviously, this this movie is full of beautiful composition. Every every shot is composed to perfection. Uh, it's got beautiful color, as Wes Anderson is one to use. Uh, very unique color palettes, uh, but it also has very beautiful black and white uh, scenes. And the black and white and color, the transitions between the two, the uses of the color scenes when scenes are in color, it it really makes the idea of what's going on in the scene pop it is it is adding to the communication that's going on in this visual medium so i appreciate that as well uh very rich stories all three of these so many things going on like just super interesting all of his stories it's it's all of wes anderson's movies there's like this thing that happens so often at the end of his movies where it's just, for me personally, I feel just so happy to have been on this, like, little journey with these characters. Like, I, at the end of so many of his movies, I just have this, like, feeling of happiness watching his movies. Although this one, maybe not a happy ending, but it has, like, the, it has a closure to it that, that makes me very content, I guess you could say. Uh, the first one, the three different stories, there's uh, the first story is about an artist. Very interesting. Like as far as that's like I would say the first story in this movie is a masterpiece. It is it is a masterpiece. It's it has Benicio del Toro, which I believe is his first time. This is his first time in a Wes Anderson film. Wes Anderson loves to work with similar actors in all of his films, which, of course, a lot of them show up. Obviously, Owen Wilson. You have Bill Murray. Uh, so many. So Francis McDormand. Uh, Adrian Brody. I mean, just uh, I, I pretty much every... Jeffrey Wright is great in this movie as well. Tilda Swinton. Um, just so many. Tony uh, Revol. Rivolori, Rivolori, 
is also he plays like the young artist who grows up to be Benicio Del Toro. I want to see a movie with those two guys in a Wes Anderson. I want to see that story. I mean, it's already, I mean, you can't, you can't remake it, but I would have loved to see that story in a full length film. And if not, I would love to see those two actors work with Wes again in another film. I think they, they were great. I, I mean, I loved that so much the second story is like about these college kids in france who are like revolutionaries as most college kids are i mean you look at the united states you look at anywhere the the majority of people that are out protesting stuff are kids in college i mean for the time of your life as a human being growing up those years in your life you're realizing how much bullshit is surrounding you so it's like, and you're also learning all these new things. You're being introduced to all these new ideas. So it's very conducive to being politically active, being, uh, you know, speaking out against injustices. So the revolutionary, also the revolutionary one has a, a bit of like a age a relationship with a bit of an age discrepancy, which is interesting. Uh, and then the third one is about a chef, uh, which I think is another it's crazy ride this the the third story um whereas the revolutionary i think in my opinion if i were to rank the three different stories in the french dispatch uh the one about the artist is my favorite like i said masterpiece my second favorite would be about the chef uh the very end of that story i think is masterful uh and beautiful uh the revolutionary story i had some issues with it just small issues with it uh but also i wasn't like i wasn't invested in the story as much uh but that being said all together i enjoyed the movie as a whole the many faces is an ongoing abstract ink portrait series that i started many years ago i release a new face every day but go to inspireddisorder.com to check them out so many available but as a listener to the ray taylor show you can save 10 percent when you use coupon code inspired when you check out so go to inspireddisorder.com slash tmf that stands for the many faces go check them out browse the entire collection and when you decide on a piece or maybe multiple pieces make sure you use coupon code inspired when you check out and you'll save 10 percent as a big thank you for checking out my work, for collecting my work, and for listening to The Ray Taylor Show. And with that said, let's get back to the show. The first story, there's this, there's this, like, artist, Benicio Del Toro, like, plays the perfect, tortured, suicidal artist. Like, the guy who does, the, he makes his stuff because it's something he needs to do and it's like he has nothing else to live for like he is so like ready for the end uh that it really made me it really touched my heart like it's like oh yeah that is so much so much of that kind of type of a character that type of especially romanticized type of a character for an artist is so relatable like it's just so relatable to be like 
just nothing else matters in the world. Like existing in this world isn't really uh, very enticing. And the only thing you feel compelled to do is to create these things. And that is like your only motivation throughout your life. And even those things are only in some way trying to seek validation for your existence, but also only really pass the time for a small amount. And then it's like you're back to the, the well of depression. But there's this relationship that Benicio Del Toro's character has. Uh, Rosenthaler, I guess is the name. Um, Moses Rosenthaler has a relationship with the guard that is very interesting. His muse. They have a very interesting, like, dominant, submissive type of a relationship. Uh, which also kind of makes sense for that type of a character, which I really appreciated. Um, but a masterpiece. A great use of black and white. Again, every time... Like, it's, it's one of the few movies, and it's something very difficult to do. Like, there's always... There's, like, these movies, TV shows, things, where it's, like, a piece of art is a, a major subject, a major catalyst for the story and it and the art has to is 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 portrayed is supposed to be like a masterpiece supposed to be mind-blowing and in a lot of aspects those moments are underwhelming in movies when you actually see the art but for whatever reason and i think part of that it, it is due to the fact that most of this story is being told in black and white except for moments when you actually see the art pieces are in vibrant color uh it's beautiful like the art is beautiful and it's like in my opinion it's beautiful i don't know if art i don't like as far as like art critics i don't i have no idea how they speak about art but as somebody who creates art and understands that it it doesn't have to like just like if it if it like if something about it connects with you on a level that is appealing in any way or makes you feel something in any way um like a piece of music like you don't know you don't have to be able to dissect the the reasoning why you like a piece of music whether it's the the critics call it basic and and average or redundant or if it's something that's considered to be a masterpiece as the individual that you are as the viewer as the listener as the person ingesting the piece of art if it if it like if there's anything about it that attaches to you that you can relate to it that that you have a connection to it in any way then that is you can't argue with that that's why art is so subjective but in this case the art that's created by this tortured artist, I thought was beautiful. I truly did. And it also, like, is another reminder of how just completely disgusting the art world is. Uh, like, manufacturing, demand, and all this kind of stuff. All these things that I don't really care to, personally, care to delve into and try to emulate in my own personal artistic career which is probably due to my own downfall, my own detriment. 
but um, I'm understepping, uh, as Trippy Red might say. But I loved the, I loved it. I like watching it. It was just gorgeous. The performances are great. The black and white to color transitions. Obviously, the the style of Wes Anderson was beautiful as well. I loved it. The first story, a masterpiece. The second story, revolutionaries. The issues I had with this were mainly the speed at which the dialogue is delivered. Specifically, which is a common thing for Wes Anderson dialogue to be delivered fast and dry and not a whole lot, like kind of just straight, straight at it. The downside of that is when it's in another language like French, which I do not speak, and I have to read subtitles, which I did appreciate the style at which the subtitles were displayed. That I did enjoy quite a bit. Uh, anytime a movie takes the liberty to be creative with the subtitles in any way, I appreciate. Uh, and in this one, it, the subtitles and a lot of things were like jumping up. And I think it was like t to to like mimic the tone at which these ideas are being thrown out. But the speed was tough. Like there were so many times where I had to like pause, rewind. And because the subtitles are part of the film and not like subtitles that are generated by my device that's, you know, translating. When you pause, the little track bar covers up the subtitles. So there are like some moments where I had to just constantly rewind to catch a piece of dialogue that I missed. Because some characters speak French. Some speak English. This is obviously the the story with Timothy Chalamet, the the big actor who is in the uh, most recent release of the blockbuster hit. I don't know if it was a blockbuster hit, but huge epic sci-fi movie, Dune, uh, which I enjoyed him in that. I enjoyed him in this. He has a little love affair with a writer, one of the writers of the French Dispatch, Francis McDormand, which obviously a bit of an age gap there. Which is interesting, right? Young man, older woman, no problems socially. Nobody has a problem. But if it were somebody, a male who's Francis McDormand's age with a girl who's in college age, you know, if it's, if it's somebody in their 50s with somebody who's in their 20s, Huge outrage, hugely more unacceptable for an older man to be with a younger woman than it is for an older woman to be with a younger man. Very weird. I think it's a, a huge double standard that exists culturally throughout the world, uh, which is interesting. Anyway, I don't really have a problem with it. She was like a mentor. He's like this young kid who wants to be. He's like this chess guy who's there's like the I in my opinion, this is the, the chess that's played in this story is a bit more metaphorical where there's a scene where Timothy Chalamet's character uh, Zifrelli is playing chess against the man, the quote unquote man, uh, the police. And it's almost. I mean, very metaphorical, I would say that it, in a lot of ways p 
people who protest, you know, revolutionaries are playing a game of chess, of life chess with whoever their oppressors are, whoever the quote unquote man is. And it's a game that never ends. It's it's a game that like there's constantly a, a push and pull. There's constantly an ebb and flow uh, that we see all over the world. Human rights, freedoms are constantly being taken away and having to be fought for. Uh, I mean, even in I mean, you look at Texas, there is a, a huge battle of of human rights of civil rights going on in texas where texas is constantly getting rid of uh, basically making every lifestyle that's not your straight white male lifestyle uh illegal or less freedoms so if you're a woman less freedoms if you are a, a person of different sexual orientation if you're a trans person all of those people are under attack currently in texas because that's just the kind of place Texas is. Texas is the old-school, conservative, white, rich man run bullshit. In 2022, we're living in a world where we're living with people who are stuck in, like, the 1800s. And uh, it's, it's kind of sad. So I appreciate the second story. It just didn't I mean after watching the the one about the artist I mean it just does, doesn't I, I'm not I maybe if I was younger and more angsty I would have related to the revolutionary story more um or if the dialogue had been a little bit more easily digestible I would have appreciated it more uh but either way it was my third favorite Join Inspired Disorder Plus today. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus to join. Membership includes members-only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor Show completely ad-free, as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspire Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspire Disorder Plus member today. And there's a thing that that Wes Anderson does in this movie where you're in the story, but then you're taken out of the story regularly to somebody that's either giving a presentation on the story or somebody who's like in an interview recounting the story. It, it like there's these moments that take literally take the audience out of the story to this other which could have been a narration they completely take it out and and put it in to to do this this like exposition or whatever which i'm not a big fan of it happened that was like my least favorite part of the artist thing is this thing i believe it was tilda swinton's character it kept pulling back to her doing almost like this ted talk thing talking about this artist 
But overall, I thought that was great. Uh, and then in the last story, which is about the chef, it's also about the writer in a lot of ways who who wrote about this chef, uh, Jeffrey Wright, who is uh, a gay writer. And you're following kind of his story out as he gets ousted, gets basically what cancel canceling has been throughout history is people who are not your straight white men not you know being blacklisted that was like what cancel culture was back in the blacklisting which still happens today it's not the thing that conservatives cry about they're not being they're not really being canceled they're just being confronted with their own bullshit and having to be responsible for their own bullshit but being blacklisted where you can't get a job writing because you're a gay man a black gay man that the French dispatch was kind of his last option, but he's a beautiful writer and he's telling, it's like supposed to be a story about a chef and food, but it's like this crazy story that involves like kidnapping and poisoning and all this. It's like a crazy ride. And then you get pulled out of that story to see Jeffrey Wright recounting this, this story while he's on an interview with with uh God, what's his name? It's not Ray Donovan. That's a character that he was in. It's a dude, uh Nope. Maybe he's not on this list. Probably not. Uh but you know who I'm talking about. He's the guy from the Scream movies. So t- even in that one it pulls you out a bit to to, you know, to this interview that's happening. But the end of the chef story where it's back at the French Dispatch. You have Bill Murray, who's kind of the 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 chief, the editor-in-chief. I don't know the exact title, the owner, the publisher. I don't know what his actual, the proper title would be. But he's the guy that people submit his stories, and he reads them over, and he like gives them advice. And there's this part of the story that... Uh, Jeffrey Wright left out his his uh character's name is Roebuck Wright this aspect of the story that he left out and he he hands the crinkled up piece of paper to Bill Murray and he and we see the scene and it's basically the scene where the chef is recovering from a thing that happened I don't really want to spoil it uh but based on what I've said, you may be able to to put the pieces together, figure out what I'm talking about. But he's recovering. I mean, I guess I could say he's recovering from being poisoned. Poisoning himself. And the the thing that the part of the story that threw away was this chef describing in beautiful technicolor detail the new taste that he had experienced ingesting this poison and his description of this poison was very beautiful despite the fact that it's clearly something that almost killed him and it's something that bill murray's character said and i agree with and obviously makes the most sense that it it being a story that's supposed to be about food. It's supposed to be about the chef. The story ends up being more about like this, this, 
this rescue mission to save this kid who was kidnapped. But the thing that ties it all together and brings it all back to food and something that only a master chef could really do, critics, I'm sure, would be able to do something, but it's, it's to articulate the nuances of flavor in a way that only a master chef could do. And the flavors of something that's destructive, like poison. So it's a beautiful to tie that, like, that negativity of this story, this potential harm, this potential thing that was happening. Uh, not potential, but this, this, this harmful aspect, this dangerous aspect of the story. To describe it and illustrate it with words in such a beautiful way was like kind of the perfect encapsulation of that entire story. And that, that, that last piece of the story made me love that story a lot more. Because the story was all right. And then you got to that part, and I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And that's something that, that Wes Anderson movies in a whole are really good at doing, I think. The way he's able to wrap everything up at the end and, and, and complete this beautiful thing. Where it's like some of his movies in the third act, it almost feels like... I wouldn't want to say boring, but it feels like there is definitely a lull. Which in this one, you know, is the the revolutionary thing. This this lull, this kind of, it's almost almost boring. Not really, but it's like tonally, it's it's not as exciting as the first and the third act. But when that third act comes around, and you get through that that little bit of a lull, he's able to wrap everything up in such a beautiful way that it's it's it, I I love watching his movie. It's it's crazy how good he is at, at storytelling uh despite i mean everybody talks about his visual style everybody talks about his his color palette but as like a storyteller he leaves me as an audience member happy to have seen his movie despite the fact that themes of his movie can range can be kind of dark at times uh but i i just feel like so if it, it feels like refreshing at the end of his movies uh to come out ahead uh, there's also in the chef uh, story the first time, I believe the first time we've seen 2D animation from Wes Anderson. Obviously, he's done a few stop motion things. Um, but I want to see a 2D animated Wes Anderson. I appreciate I'm not a big fan of his stop motion stuff. Spoilers there. Don't don't. Don't anticipate any of the stop motion stuff showing up on my top five list. But if he did a 2D animation, I would be all over it. I would be all over because I enjoyed the little 2D moments that were in that that final story about the chef. Um, yeah, just uh, overall a really fun movie, a great way to wrap everything up. Definitely agree with the most Wes Anderson of Wes Anderson films. That first story is a masterpiece. I loved it so much. Uh, not my favorite Wes Anderson film. But it will be, let me say, it will be on the list. It is one. It is in my top five of Wes Anderson films, which he's done, I think, eight films, uh, I believe. Maybe nine. Eight or nine films. Uh, but it, So this is definitely on my top five. And also, his 
use of aspect ratio he plays around with. I mean, everything is so focused on the center of the frame that you could, your eyes watching his movies, and maybe that's where the lull comes from, is just your eyes not having to move around a lot while watching the movie. You can almost just stare directly at the screen and get all the information because so much of the, the main focus is, is right in that center spot of the frame. Um that like the fact that he shrinks the frame down doesn't really affect anything like he can get a, he can because his his focus of everything it's not always centered but it is for most of it is very centered that he can he can narrow the 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 perspective of his films the aspect ratio of his films and not lose stuff like so many films kind of need that that large aspect wide screen aspect ratio to to make their their piece of work look better because it is very visually appealing to have a very wide screen but with his films like having those little four by three or uh academy ratios i'm not exactly sure what uh i think he used multiple uh aspect ratios in this movie but um i loved it i did i loved it uh especially i mean nothing that that first story with benicio del toro i mean the best thing wes anderson's ever done in my opinion doesn't make it my favorite movie though that you'll have to wait for sunday uh but yeah check out the french dispatch especially if you're a wes anderson film fan i would highly recommend checking out the french dispatch um and even if you're not like to watch just watch that the artist the first story about the artist you know if you want to keep going maybe check out the very last story right either way i enjoyed it i would recommend it especially if you're a wes anderson fan uh it, it seems like a no-brainer and i'm sure most of them have already seen it or are, are already seeing it uh but yeah the french dispatch check it out New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.